Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 58 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We're so glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through our website, or on the on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here again. Okay, this week we discussed the five top news stories. A lot happened this week, but we'll try to limit today, but we will limit today's episode to those we think are the top five. Keith, why don't you get started? Okay, we can start with Hawaii, which is just a huge story that happened this weekend. It's so tragic. And I actually have a good friend who lives in Hawaii. He was not on the island where the majority of the damage happened in Maui. But even he had told me said what what is, is it was so devastating and what and a lot apparently Lahaina I believe it's Lahaina Lahaina right. how it's pronounced is is the repository of a lot of his, Hawaii's history and historical artifacts mm-hmm. and areas and the sixties so what what exactly happened in terms of what started the fires of course there was a lot, been a long drought and then this week sixty seven mile power winds Hurricane Dora were, that were expected to stay south of Maui the island of Maui. But unfortunately, those winds, they went straight to the island. And because of the drought, the grasses and other non-native plants caught fire and decimated a large part of the island. Almost 60 people have died so far and the, and the historic town of Lahaina. And as of Friday evening, last night, six fires were still burning in Maui and the Big Island, which is Hawaii. But officials said that said the Lahaina fire is now 80% contained. Lahaina was the capital of the Hawaiian kingdom before before colonization. And now many of the town's historic landmarks are lost. Hawaii Governor Josh Green said the fires are likely to be the largest natural disaster in the state's history. And experts have stated that this is the largest number of deaths from wildfires in recent history. And of course, once again, as we, as we have emphasized before, climate change. It's climate change. Yes. Just, we just have to keep bringing that up. For people who want to continue to deny that this is another example of what's happening with climate change and how we have to, number one, accept it, learn to adapt to it, mm-hmm. and what and what's happening because of it. Right. When you're looking at, obviously, when everybody, when we think of Hawaii, you think about the the paradise, right. and the tourism, and of course, tourism was a huge part of Lahaina because right. of those historical artifacts. People came to see those things, but also you need to think about we think about it in terms of a vacation spot and tourism and everything, mm-hmm. the, the amazing views, etc. But people live in Hawaii. Right. And I think that's what's really being brought out when you see the photos. I've looked at some of the photos in Washington, in New York Times and Washington Post. So the Washington Post has an amazing trove of photos. I'm not a ton. And when you see the damage, it's just, it's just 
like they said, it looks like a, it looks like a bomb was dropped. Right, I mean, and and that's what the governor said. The governor, said, the governor right. said it was like a bomb, and it's it's it brings tears to your eyes because when you look at they've had people from in helicopters just showing they first of all the helicopters that even when you're four hundred feet. I guess above, above you can still smell the smoke. And it's like, if, if you've seen pictures of the, the, uh, volcano that erupted on Pompeii and, and covered everything with ash, that's exactly what Lahaina looks like oh, now. Yeah. It's completely covered with ash. And the only thing standing is an, is a tree that the was, banyan tree. the banyan tree that was planted like 120 years ago or something like that. It was burned, but it's still standing. And when you look at the size of that tree, right. that's mm-hmm. why. I mean, right. that, it, it doesn't even look like what you consider a normal, it's just massive. Right. I mean, and I think that's because of the massive size, it was able to withstand. But right. When you look at uh, like what I guess you call more normal trees, right. I mean, right. palm trees, etc. They're wiped out, right? And and the gra- the ground and there's there's details of when you hear some some of the people talking about how they had to deal with it mm-hmm. of looking by and literally running right. as fast as they could to get to the ocean, right? Because the the, the fire was literally chasing people exactly. down the street, and, and and they literally jumped into the ocean, right. and and the coast guard was able to save like fourteen people who had literally jumped into the ocean, and, and then there were those who couldn't make who it couldn't nasty. make it, and uh, not only that, it, it cut off. It cut off cell service, cut off radio service, cut off 9-11 service. Nobody can get in contact with anybody. You can't send out any uh, alerts like you usually do. And the governor said that as of yesterday, Friday, people could, it was safe for people to return to their homes, but he cautioned them. You can return to your homes, but your homes are not there. Right. Then when I, one of the stories I read was about a family when they returned uh, to the side of their home. Because right. Because they had a, a safe that they had had. Fifty thousand dollars was the things mm-hmm. in that safe, and so they finally found the safe. Mm-hmm. And because they, it, it wouldn't open normally, the fa- the the man, oh, I guess he had a sledgehammer or whatever, mm-hmm. cracked the safe. When he opened the safe, there was nothing in there but ash. Wow! Because so the heat, because the heat, the heat, uh, the heat was so it. intense, it just burned fifty thousand dollars worth of savings in there. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing to consider uh, once again is that over over time, and that's the thing because of. The way the news works, we'll be watching it for a while, and then it'll just disappear from the right, headline. Right. But these are people who have so many who now have no home, no belongings, nothing, nothing, and and, and, and they don't know they, were, they don't know where their relatives are right. and how to get. Uh, there was a woman who said who was trying to find her grandmother, right. but there's no way to call because there's no there's you know there's the no, cell no cell service, service. no nine eleven, and so they said this week they're going to go house to house and and you know, the American Red Cross is there. Chef Andre, who always no matter where there's a tragedy in the world, he, he, Chef Andre he cooks meals. And he's already there cooking meals for people. And he, he goes anywhere there's a disaster in the world. He's there like the next day cooking meals. So he's there cooking meals. But the the sad part about it is that, well, first of all, this is the worst wildfire in American history. The most um, deaths from a wildfire in American history. Now, how's this compared to the five wildfires in California? No, no. Well, no. In, in terms of how fast it was. Oh, okay. Because they said there was no warning. Right. You know, a lot of times, right. they, you know, they can right. tell you the the fire is coming right. and give you a chance to right. evacuate. There was literally no warning. And like you said, people were literally running with the fire behind them. And um, so it's just it's just devastating. And then on top of the, re- if you can call it regular devastation, it's the fact that um, that was the historic landmark, the historic capital of Hawaii before colonization. And every uh, every, cu- every couple of months or so on the, on my um, Friday fun day, 
on on our We Are Speaking Substack, I I talk about a state. I've only done two so far: Michigan, my home state, and Colorado, Keys home state. But I think the next one I'll do is Hawaii because. Uh, one of the reasons besides climate, I want, I want to go into the history of Hawaii before colonization, before Dole, Dole Pineapple came and took over half of Hawaii so they could grow pineapples for the Dole Company. Right. And a lot of this has to do with what happened to Hawaii and, and like I said, a lot of the non-native plants are the ones that caught fire. Right. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. No, that's yeah. really important, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think. Um, because, because, and that's why I think they're so devastated about that history being lost, right? Because so many people, as you say, they know the, the tourism part, they right? Right. Yeah, that was one of the hot, t- but they don't know about what came about the history, the right? History. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's critical, and also because and and because you can you can rebuild certain physical structure, but right. what was there? You can't rebuild, right? Exactly. You can't exactly. That. Exactly. So, exactly. So that's so, the, so um uh, that was I of all the. St- you can. It's hard to put a number one story on there, but when you look at the, the devastation, the entire town is gone. The entire town is gone. Not just parts of it. The entire town is gone. Um, and and so you look at the devastation and know that it's caused by climate change because. And we are going to have to go on to our next item. But people were saying. They expect that's why people were caught off guard. They knew that Hurricane Dora was there, but it was 500 miles away from the island, and uh, so people didn't worry. 500 miles, it'll keep, it'll just keep on going up the, uh, in the Pacific Ocean. That's not what happened. And it, and I'm not a meteorologist or anything, but I know that there's something called a, a heat dome is is what keeps it. And then and then it, it that's why the winds went right to the island right, with no right. with no warning. So it's really really be, between the regular. Uh, in quotes, the regular disaster, it's also the desire, disaster of climate change. Okay, next. We'll, we'll, we'll probably come back to this, um, at least in, in the Substack newsletter. Next, um, on early Wednesday morning, a Utah man named Craig Robinson, who was accused... Robertson. Of, Robertson. Robertson, who was accused of making threats to President Biden, was shot and killed by an FBI raid. And a reminder... That means that there was a a judge was uh, signed uh, permission for the FBI to go in there, just like they did with with uh, Mar-a-Lago. The FBI just doesn't show up somewhere. They have to find a judge and get a a, a search or a, an arrest warrant. And the reason why they wanted to arrest this guy, uh, who's seventy four years old, is because for months they had been watching him, and he was making um, uh, more and more threatening. Um, uh, social media accounts, especially on True Social, Trump's social media account, about how he wanted to kill President Biden, Kamala Harris, and he knew the FBI, he even said, FBI, are you watching me? He said that on a social media post. And, but then, um, later in the day on Wednesday, President Biden was, was expected to make his first visit to Utah to talk about Bidenomics and things like that. And so on Tuesday, this guy, Craig Robertson said, I have to get my, 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 my rifles and my, um, um, what do you call it? Com- and my camouflage stuff ready because, uh, Biden will be here tomorrow. So that's what in- initiated the raid. And so then when they, oh, 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 he also wanted to murder, um, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. He wanted to murder um, uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president. He wanted to to uh, murder California Governor Gavin yeah, Newsom. And the people that he has listed are the ones that um, Trump thinks are his enemies. So this guy who called himself a MAGA Trumper and was seen wearing MAGA hats all over the place, he's put on his social media. These are the people he wanted to go after. And um, 
Uh, and so, but then when he said on Tuesday that he was ready for President Biden when he came to Utah on Wednesday, that's why they went and went, went to uh, 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 serve an arrest warrant on him. When they got to his house, like at six o'clock in the morning, he, he dared them to come in. He said, I'm not coming out. He said, you're not going to get me. And then he shot at the, uh, at the FBI, at one of the FBI agents. That was it. They shot back and he was gone. And of course, the uh, Republicans are trying to say, oh, that was an illegal raid, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. This man, for months, they had been following him, and his threats got worse and worse and worse. And when he said he was ready, that means a, a direct threat against the president. He was ready for Biden to come to Utah the, on Wednesday afternoon. On Wednesday morning, they said, oh, you know, that's when they said, we got to get him. Well, this is, I mean, this is truly... Without a doubt, in my mind, it's a forecast of things that come from right, 2024. Right. And even I believe, uh, if because I, I still, uh, if President Biden wins, and I'm hoping he will, I think he will. Was we're just, oh, but if when he, even President Biden wins in 2024, which I believe that he will, it's it it may slow down, but it won't die because these people are so radicalized and they are so anger and right. between now and 2024 uh, this these are the these are the threats that we know about right, these are right. the ones that make it into the paper right right but they they are that's the only tool they have they can't win through politics right, they can't right. win at the ballot ballots they can't win playing fair so when and when you back basically when you back a caged animal into, up against the wall up against then this is what they do right and and, and what's and what happens is um after 9-11, you know, they put in all these all these rules and all these programs in place to help catch international terrorists. But there is not a rel- a, a related rule to c- catch domestic terrorists. Because and, many times they don't consider them terrorists. That's the problem. That, that's now. the problem. Yeah, but they're, they're starting now. They are, now. They are starting right. to consider them. That's what them. happened in January 6th. Right. When, right. when, when, um, they, when they were looking at when even some of the uh, police officers. Right. They, they, they couldn't get it around, around it. And with Black Lives Matter, that was hard right when they start said these guys are us right exactly you know, they, exactly they couldn't and when they started seeing people that were infiltrated some guy who were actually double in a way double agents right at right. least during the day and members of these groups i mean so for them to view somebody like a timothy mcveigh or other people as terrorists i mean they just now like you said now because you're seeing attacks on fbi police officers etc they just can't Turn their right. head again, and and what's and and what people are realizing, and this is why uh, Trump's Trump's rhetoric and the people who support him, they say the exact same thing. The reason why it is so dangerous is because of the quote unquote lone wolf. Um, after all those people got arrested on January sixth, and they're still arresting them, and some of them got prison terms, you know, long prison terms. Um, they aren't going to come out like they did before. Uh, Trump keeps saying, you know, come out, come out, come out. But they didn't come out in Manhattan. They didn't come out in Florida. Like 20 people came out, right. you know, for the Mar-a-Lago. And um, uh, even though uh, Fonnie Willis, the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, who's expected to indict Trump, his fourth indictment uh, this coming week, hordes of people are not going to come out anymore for two reasons. Number one, they know they'll get caught. And they think that if they do come out, the FBI is waiting to catch them. Well, yeah. But so it's not so many like the hordes of January 6th, but it's, go- it's going to be lone wolves, just like the guy after, after the, uh, uh, the uh, FBI went to Mar-a-Lago last August. I think it was the very next day. Right. This guy went to an FBI office in Ohio. Right. And and was going to shoot up that going to shoot up that office, and he got shot and killed. Right, right. And so, um, 
and and so you, and because it's lone wolf, it's hard to know who it's going to be. Now this guy on Wednesday, they were, the FBI had been watching him for a while, but the guy in Ohio, the, he just appeared, and and that's that's what's going to be so dangerous. And it's un, it's I, unfortunate isn't the word. It's awful that judges and prosecutors and things like that have to um uh have special special um uh guards and I'm we're going to get to the judge in uh Washington DC in a minute but now she has US marshals around her all the time she went to the cafeteria in the courthouse to get a cup of coffee surrounded by US marshals that's a, and that's the tragedy I mean and that and that's but what, again um um, yeah, this is this is what's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing, real quick. The other reason why we're not having these hordes of people come out, as you pointed out, was a good point, is because Trump made this promise about you know I'll pay your bail. Right. They you know they they they're not stupid. They're right. Really, nobody's bail's been paid. Exactly. 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 And a quick word from our sponsor. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens Three One Three Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable eBooks, online training, and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, Team Owens. 313gcc.com. Okay. Now you have all heard about the Montgomery brawl last, uh, Saturday. And Kate's going to talk about this, um, a little bit more because some, some things, um, actually, uh, happened this week. Keith, go ahead. With the Montgomery brawl, I mean, well, first of all, of course, what everybody saw was the, the, um, the first thing that most people saw was the video right. that was taken about the young uh, and what at first nobody was quite sure of his identity, uh, where he was. They saw some white people attacking him when he was going to basically unmoor their their pontoon, and uh, and then he was getting jumped. Next thing you know, a, a flood of people, you know, black people are standing up for him. I mean, that uh, the hat got attention when he mm. threw up his hat. Right. But what's come to what's come to light now is number one. He was a co. Uh, he's the co-captain. He's co-captain of of the of the riverboat, which is uh, called the Harriet. Right, we are very close to Harriet Tubman, but it's Harriet too. He was he was the co-captain of of the of the riverboat. He wasn't just a security guard or a dock worker. A dock worker. He was the co-captain of that. They had been telling these telling the people who were illegally docked. Uh, at that, the pontoon for how long? Like 45, 45 minutes. minutes. So they right. tell him to move. They didn't move. So then he comes out. So then they attack him. So number one, he's the co-captain. And secondly, when he threw his hat up, I mean, and as entertained, you saw that where there was also an actual sig- signal. signal to the staff. Right. You know, that he was in trouble. Right. And then the, and then the staff, the people in the blue shirts, again, this was the staff of the revolt came to his, it came to Right. When house. I first saw the video and, and all those men were in the same shirt. Right. At first, I thought they were passengers on the boat. It's like a family reunion. Right. Black people, are, you know, well, other other groups too, but black people especially have family reunions, and they would they'll, they'll get mad and they'll shirts. get matching right. shirts and go on cruises. And that's who I thought it was at first. I found out later, though, all those men in the blue shirts were staff. Well, they were staff, you know, and they and they jumped at so that all those things were important. I think, and everybody, including so, the including the young man who jumped in the water and swam right, across the river. That's right. He was there. He was staff, and I saw that. So when all that came to light. That was critically important. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't just 
and and we I would we would supported it if it was just random people coming right, to, right. coming to the brothers' aid because that was important to see. But when all these other items came to light, the you know, the man was a co-captain. The fact that it was staff. The fact that the brother jumped in the river was also a staff member. That they were illegally parked. That they had been asked for forty five minutes to move, and they did not do so. And as a matter of fact, I heard yesterday because um, I follow all this stuff on social media. The the white co-captain. There's two co-captains. One was white and one was black. The bro- brother. Um, uh, well, he's actually the captain. Um, and he, he did a quick, he called into a, uh, an Alabama radio station that's, that's like akin to Fox News for Alabama. And he called in. He wasn't even scheduled. I guess it was like a calling radio show. And he gave his, 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 um, uh, related what happened. And he said the exact same thing. He said, I called the, called the pontoon owners. Um, on the PA for 45 minutes. And this is not the first time we have had trouble with these particular owners. This is what the, this is what the white co-captain said. And, um, it was funny because there was a video of the radio people. It was their show. You could see their faces. Really? You know, that this is what their faces are saying. Really? This is what? And so when the white captain says it, that, that right. means it's true. And so, um, and then they're all, they also put out the, the, the staff put out a, a photograph of all of them a couple of days later sitting in the boat. We are here and we are together. And the, and the pontoon owners, didn't they own a company that's since been shut down? Right, right. They owned a, like a mini mart or something like right. that. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's been shut right. down. And I think, and this is, and I was, you know, joking with somebody, but it's also not a joke. That when even the black guys who were at first you saw they were they were handcuffed because they were fighting you know, right fighting, right but they were released they were later. Right. and I was saying when is the last time you ever heard of a black man being handcuffed by police and then released in Birmingham Alabama in Montgomery in Montgomery Alabama right right yes. and and uh, because that that infamous stand stand your ground law yeah. okay uh, this time the black people stood their ground yeah. and so and, and so and, uh, and yeah and and uh, especially the guy that hit 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 the people with the with the with the famous folding chair. chair. He has not been arrested at right, all. Right. And that's, so, that's but, but talking about arrests. Right. Um, um, and, and so, when, so, uh, this week there were three people who were arrested. Actually four. Okay. I'm going to They were uh, uh, on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yeah. three people were, were were arrested, and two of them showed up. No, one of them showed up to the police station. The other two didn't show up until Wednesday, and on Thursday, and th- th- those three white men uh, finally were arrested, and um, um, and they were and they were charged with misdemeanor assault. But then on Thursday, the white woman who was also in the brawl was 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 arrested. So a total of four, all of them white boat owners. Um, and so, um, uh, so that's something that really, that really is, is heartening among all the things that it's usually the black person who's, you know, mm-hmm. who's the victim is the one who's arrested. Right. And so this time the, the four, four of the, of the owner, of the owners of the pontoon boat were arrested. And that was, was as of Thursday. And as of Thursday, the black man with the chair has not been arrested. So we'll see where it goes from here. The mayor of Montgomery. Is also a black man. And so he said, you know, don't think of Montgomery like this. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Because one thing that's also, a lot of people are saying, especially black people, especially with all the funny memes and all the, I mean, there's hundreds of them. Uh, this was cathartic, especially for, the, for, for those of us who weren't there, because um, it usually doesn't happen that way. 
And so, um, uh, that's why it's been, it's been so important and that most people, except for the, the, the really, really far right people are seeing it, seeing it for what it really was. They had the, they, the white people were in the wrong. It was obvious. It was on film. And the black man who is now known as the co-captain of the boat. And this spoke, as a matter of fact, what happened was, and we have to go on to, to our other points. But what happened was, um, if you've ever been on these riverboat cruises, these short riverboat cruises, that was the, that, that cruise started at 5 p.m. and they were supposed to get back and dock at about 6.30 or something like that. And that's when the pontoon boat was in their way. That was their parking space, if you can call it, or docking space. Because the people on the, on, on, uh, who, who filmed it, they were waiting for the seven o'clock cruise. So the people who were on the five o'clock cruise, because the, the riverboat could not dock in its regular place, they couldn't get off, 200 or so of them. And then the people on the dock waiting, the ones who did all the filming, they were waiting to get on for the seven p.m. cruise. Right. And that's when all of this happened. Right. And so uh, that's what people need to know. Right. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. So then next. In, in Ohio, this yeah. happened on Tuesday night. Yeah, and big a big win of Ohio, and I think this is really really significant because um, Ohio, as we know, is a, a red state. But by a margin of fifty seven percent to forty three percent, Ohio voters are rejected issue one, um, and issue one would have made it harder to pass future state constitutional amendments by, among other things, requiring them to get sixty percent of the vote. The election was widely regarded as a, as a proxy fight over abortion, and it definitely was. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Republican legislatures had put issue one on the ballot in an effort to stop the passage of a November amendment that would enshrine, and now will enshrine, hopefully, abortion rights in the state constitution. Uh, just last January, the Republican-led legislature decided to eliminate August elections, uh, saying that elections in the summer were inefficient and had low turnout. However, when a proposal for the November election to enshrine abortion access turned in, um, turned in more than twice as many signatures as necessary, uh, the Republicans decided at the last minute to put issue one on a special August election. After issue one failed to pass, the Republicans went to court to invalidate the results of the election. The Ohio Supreme Court denied the request and the abortion proposal will be on the November ballot and the 120-year-old rule that only 51% instead of 60% is needed for voting on constitutional amendments stands. And what's so significant about this um, is just you know, quickly is that the Republic- Republicans may have played themselves right. on this because right. what they made everyone mad when they start to take we start to take people's vote away. Right, right, right. And, and this that, is what, and, and overall, this is what it is. You're taking people's votes away. And, um, then, of course, all, everybody saw through their, their, their sleight of hand, okay? Uh, first, you know, in January, no more August elections. We don't need them. Nobody ever comes out anyway. Then in May, or in June, I think in May, around that time, is when the, um, signatures were needed to put this on the November ballot. And when they turned in twice as many signatures as needed, the Republicans said, uh-oh. So then they all of a sudden had this special election right. that they had just a few months ago ruled were unnecessary. Right. So they went against their own law. Exactly. And that's, and that's where, say, even even Republicans in the base, because this this was applied to all constitutional Right, amendments. right, right. You know, so they're saying, just say, wait a minute, you're telling us that, you, that, every, that now you're changing all for one thing. And also people say, this is just not the way. That this is supposed to be played. right, right, and and, and the um uh the Secretary of State of, of Ohio, who is a Republican, actually stated that 
um, he was for this issue one because he, um, abortion, abortion, right. uh, he, 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 he's, he's right to life and abortion, abortion should be banned and all that. But uh, unfortunately for him, 57% of Ohioans across the board support having abortion right. access. And that's, and that's reflective of a national. Right, right. That's right. what they're worried about. I mean, right. so they're all fighting on behalf of the minority. And like you said, when he just played his hand completely, and said, right. that's exactly what this is right, about. Right, right. And, and, yeah. and, and because uh, 57%, 57% is not 60%. Right. So, but fifty-seven percent is more than fifty-one yeah. percent, and so uh, they just they just blew it all the way around, trying to be trying to be sneaky, okay, trying to get their way, trying to have minority rule. So, um, and then they, like I said, like like Keith said, we uh, they went to the Ohio Supreme Court to try to get the election from three days ago invalidated. The Supreme Court the said no. The one that they asked for, and, and they said no. So, so, so they just they just screwed themselves, really. Yeah. Okay, and then our last point. Because we're running out of time. Speaking of uh, Friday, August 11th, Donald Trump has met his match with Judge Chanya Chutkin, who was residing, uh, presiding over his January 6th trial. Uh, last week, we, you know, uh, uh, Judge Chutkin, who was an immigrant from Jamaica, so she's a black woman and she's an immigrant and she's a woman, okay? <laughs> All the kinds of people that Trump hates. <laughs> Uh, directed Trump's attorneys and the government's attorneys to tell her by last Monday their availability to meet with her for a decision about a protection order on what can can and can't be shared in public. And so uh, they had until Monday at five o'clock to put in their proposal for when they would, would be available. She said she wanted to have that meeting this week. And so um, Jack Smith's people said, oh, we're available anytime. Trump's people said, oh, we can't meet this week. Can we meet next week? She said, we're meeting Friday at 10 a.m. <laughs> you better be, be there or be square. <laughs> and uh, so at, uh, so anyway, she, she ruled two ways. She ruled that a protective order will only cover material the Justice Department designates as sensitive, not all information. But she also ruled that witness interviews and um, recordings that are sensitive are covered by the protective order. Um, she said that disclosure, and, and she's warning Trump and his attorneys, because if Trump messes up, the attorneys are in trouble. Okay, she said disclosure of any of those materials creates too great a risk that witnesses may be intimidated or that the jury pool may be, be uh, polluted. She also said, and this is really important, that the existence of a political political campaign is not going to have any bearing on her decisions. Okay, and so because you know, um, uh, because the, the uh, prosecutors also add, asked for a trial date January second, and the first Iowa caucuses are January fifteenth. So we'll see what happens there. But um, so the defense attorneys have until the next to the end of this coming week to submit their own trial date proposal. And she actually joked with them, like, you can try to say you want it after the election, but that's not going to fly with me. OK, so that's that's pretty much what we had to talk about this week. Uh, but what make sure that you watch for um, all of our Substack articles this week and especially especially for the Today in Three that we do um, every uh, weekday morning that encapsulates and, and, and summarizes what happened the day before um, on, on in current events. 
And so a reminder that when you upgrade your Substack subscription to a paid level, you are really helping to support us on a financial level for only $5 a month, man. (laughs) And you can also benefit us by by visiting our website, teamowens313gcc.com, to see what we offer you with our valuable products and services in the Branding and Marketing Academy. And the Detroit Stories Quarterly Magazine is also available and can be purchased at DetroitStoriesQuarterly.com. And we'll be back next week. See you next week.